Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Good to be here today. Welcome to KJV Cafe where we discover truths that are plainly seen in the Bible, but yet many people uh, they need that little nudge to get in the book, amen. They need that little bit of uh, uh, friendly help to look at the book. And today we are looking at a fantastic promise uh, that I really have not heard much preaching on hardly at all. And it's in Ephesians, and it's really a big deal uh, for anyone, for the believer and the unbeliever. It makes a lot of difference understanding this principle. And uh, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, Paul writes, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit, capital S, of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. And we're going to look at these two verses of scripture here. And that's all we're going to do today is dig in and find out what is this Holy Spirit of promise? What does it mean that it's the earnest of our inheritance? And uh, it's really fascinating because God gave us a deposit, a down payment from heaven. That is a heavenly down payment when uh, we were saved, if we've been saved. And if not, then when, when you get saved, you get uh, this Holy Spirit of promise. And it literally here, Paul is explaining in just a few sentences, incredibly, that this is a, a way to understand you're going to heaven. And this is a way to understand uh, that you have God living within you. And this is a way to understand uh, what things are to come. And it is the earnest or the down payment, the deposit from God for the purchased possession, which we understand we are bought by the blood of Christ. So we're going to dive into all this. It's very fascinating and it's very powerful because if you start getting a hold of this, then you realize you literally have God living within you. You have that Holy Spirit living within you and your whole life can change. And I don't say that lightly. I mean it a hundred percent. So who is this spirit of promise? John 14, 26, Jesus speaking here in John 14, 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. All right. So this is Christ telling the disciples here that the Comforter is coming and the Comforter is the Holy Ghost. Now, who is the Holy Ghost? He is uh, part of the Holy Trinity. So the Holy Ghost is a he. It's not an it. It is a he. It is a person. And as I understand it, the Holy Trinity existed before even the earth was created. And so you have God in three parts. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that is the Holy Trinity, also known as the fullness of God, the Godhead, the three-in-one God, the triune God. I can go on and on. The reason 
that we have this formation in our understanding, and of course, I'm sure there's reasons beyond what we can comprehend, is that uh, each role is of God and fulfills a given function, right? So Father God is in the third heaven. And again, the Bible spells all this stuff out. People start acting like they don't know where God is. God tells you where he is, amen. Uh, You have the first heaven, that is where the birds fly, right? You have the second heaven, that's where the stars are. And then you have the third heaven, it's all in the Bible. And the third heaven is where God resides, Father God, amen. We have Father God in the third heaven. You have uh, his son, Jesus Christ, at his right hand, amen. And at some point in eternity past, uh, the, 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 the three in one Godhead got together and consulted uh, with each other and, and, and came up with a plan uh, that as man fell into sin, because God already knew it would happen, that the second part of the Trinity, Jesus Christ would come to save mankind. And then to bring it full circle, when we accept Christ as Savior, we get this comforter that he mentions in John 14, 26, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Okay, so here we have it. You have the Father, right, up in heaven. You have the Son coming to die for sinful mankind to save them for all that believe on him. And then you have the Holy Spirit who the Father sends in Jesus' name. And what does that Holy Spirit do? John 14, 26 tells us that uh, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I think that the Holy Spirit uh, doesn't, maybe necessarily get enough credit uh, for the role in our lives. And I can say that because he is God and he is part of the Holy Trinity and he helps us discern the scriptures. I remember as a young child, uh, every once in a blue moon, mom and grandma would drag us to church. It'd probably be a holiday or something and be in the uncomfortable clothes and there'd be a book in their hand or someone's hand, there'd be a book and I'd grab it and I'd look at the words and say, what is this jumbled words? And, you know, if I looked at a book, a comic book, I wouldn't say, what is this jumbled words? But when I looked at the Bible at that time, I, I didn't understand it. And even as I got older, anytime I'd glance at it, it didn't make any sense to me. But once I got saved, those words just seemed to jump off the page uh, there were things that I would read and, and have immediate discernment or understanding that, that, that there's no way that I could figure out how I'd come to that conclusion on my own. There was a desire to share the word. There was, um, comfort in the word. There was truth in the word. There was so much that was happening. And I believe John 14, 26 tells us, uh, that he shall teach you all things. That comforter is the Holy Spirit, once I've been saved, is helping me discern those things as the Holy Spirit helps you discern those things and brings all things into remembrance. How about this? When you fall into sin and you feel convicted, well, what's working in you? The Holy Spirit, amen. So if you're able to live in sin and you don't feel an inch bit bad about it, you got to really check and make sure you're saved because that Holy Spirit should be convicting you, should be uh, having you to feel like you have gone afar off, having you to remember the commandments of God, amen, and what a reproach sin is to God, that he has sent his only begotten, his beloved Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. And so we see here the Holy Spirit of promise is incredible. I could go on and on. A verse I bring up all the time is Romans 8.26, Romans 8.26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us 
with groanings which cannot be uttered. That plainly is saying, Paul here in the book of Romans, telling us that the Holy Spirit actually prays to God on our behalf because we don't know what to pray for. And that there are, I'll often, you know, qualify that saying, often we don't know what to pray for. Or, you know, every once in a while we don't know to pray. No, look, all the time we really don't know how to articulate what's going on in our life because there's spiritual battles that we can't explain, that we're going through. There's needs that we have that we cannot explain. And the Holy Spirit utters those needs to God. Amen. Makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Oh, that's amazing. So the Holy Spirit, I could go on and on about the benefits of the Holy Spirit, but the, the crux of this message today is the idea that we receive this Holy Spirit, as Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 tells us, from the Lord as a promise, as a earnest. Uh, now, what is earnest? I, I got the idea to look up earnest money from Chase Bank. I never thought I'd be quoting Chase Bank in a sermon, but hey, here we go. Earnest money or good faith deposit is a sum of money you put down to demonstrate your seriousness about buying a home. In most cases, earnest money acts as a deposit on the property you're looking to buy. You deliver the amount when signing the purchase agreement or the sales contract. So earnest money is that deposit, right? And so we see the earnest of our salvation in what the Lord has given us with the Spirit. And we also see the idea or concept here of a surety. A person who has made himself or herself responsible for another as a sponsor, a godparent, or a bondsman. And let's look at the role of the bondsman. In law, one that is bound with and for another, one who enters into a bond or, or uh, recognizance to answer for another's appearance in court, or for his payment of a debt or for the performance of some act, and who, in case of the principal debtor's failure, is compelable to pay the debt or damages. That's a bondsman. See, we have a sin debt that we cannot pay, right? We inherited that sin debt from Adam and Eve. And so in order for us to get right with a holy God who cannot accept sin, a debt needs to be paid. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And so God in his perfect plan, his perfect foreknowledge before uh, time as we know it was formed, created a plan. And in that plan, he has Jesus Christ come uh, as the, the obedient servant of the Lord, even though he's God in the flesh, he was obedient even unto death, and he dies for our sins. And him being perfect, him dying on the cross for our sins, he, he then had borne all of our sins on him. He had carried all of our sins to the cross, and he dies on the cross, and he's resurrected the third day, according to the scriptures. At that point, when we accept that free gift of salvation, our debt's been paid. Who's it been paid by? Father God the bondsman, the literally, uh, some of the little tra literal translations of what it means to be a, a, a Christian, a saved Christian is a bond servant, a bond slave. Call, Paul himself calls himself a prisoner of Christ. This is the idea that the Lord came as a surety and he came and said, look, you can't do it on your own. So I'll do it for you. And when you accept me, you are forgiven of your sins and your debt has been paid literally to the point where we can nail it to the cross. It's no longer ours. When we are judged in front of God, as all will be, when God sees us, we aren't judged of our own works because our righteousness is as filthy rags. Instead, we are judged uh, by what Christ did on the cross. If we've accepted Christ, we are judged as what Christ did on the cross. 
And so what that means is God has a great plan for us. He literally bought us with the blood of Christ. He purchased us. And we get this, uh, when we have the free gift of salvation, we accept it. We get this inheritance, which is the Holy Spirit, which is a down payment of what will be in heaven. I mean, think about that. God's perfect plan says everybody over here thinks they're waiting for heaven. They're not. Literally, you have the Holy Spirit living within you now. And so we see it's wonderful. Look at 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. See, we're sealed unto that day of redemption. So I want you to remember a present possession is someone you can have right now if you choose to be saved. If you haven't been, you can get the Holy Spirit today, right now, if you choose to be saved and you'll be saved for an eternity. If you believe on Christ and what he's done and believe on the shedding of the blood for your remission of sin. A present possession is someone you already have if you have been saved. Remember that. If you're wondering if you're going to heaven, look and see if you got the comforter living within you. And if you do, then yes, you are. Amen. And if the Holy Spirit is part of the uh, is that first part of heaven. Can you imagine the rest? Think about that in times to come, what life will be like in heaven. If the great comforter who's literally changed the lives of all Christians that receive him, amen. And you have to receive him to be a true Christian. If that is just the beginning, then what is heaven going to be like? What will it be like? And that's what I'm going to talk about in my next message. When we are redeemed, amen. When we are fully and our new resurrected bodies, and we are with Christ for an eternity. Oh, what a wonderful day that will be. But we don't just look forward to that day without proof. We look at our lives now with the Holy Spirit living within us, and we should praise God for the proof we have today of the goodness to come tomorrow. I thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to get into this text and study it more. Uh, it's Ephesians uh, chapter 1, 13 through 14, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. God bless. And amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.